You're listening to episode 220 of the Mad Chatters podcast, April 24th, 2019. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> back to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. My name is Derek, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy. I am painting the roses red. Aww. And joining us this week is a special guest you've never heard here before, but you might have seen him over on his YouTube channel. It's Vincent from Vincent Vision. Hey, Vincent. Hey, everybody. Hi. How y'all doing? Thank you all so much for having me on. I feel like I should say Vincent one more time because I didn't say it enough in the introduction. But No, third time is the charm. <laughs> uh, well, do you want to fill in our listeners on who you are, what you do, your Disney background, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Vincent from Vincent Vision. I, I do a YouTube channel on YouTube called Vincent Vision. It's basically uh, a theme park blog. I do, um, I sort of record my adventures. I live here in Orlando, so I have the privilege of being able to go to Disney a lot. So I do all that. I'm a really, really big Disney fan. I've been going my whole life, born and raised here in Florida. And uh, yeah, I just go and I, I try to do, have fun, have a lot of good time. I, and uh, so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, I think that comes across. Like when I watch your videos, I have fun because I can tell you you're having fun. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. I, I I really do have a lot of fun, and I think uh, I think as I, there's a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of vlogs on the theme parks and stuff like that. But I always I'm always trying to find a way to do something a little different, whether it be just sort of more of like a an entertainment style and things like that. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of different news outlets that are always going to cover the information a lot faster and a lot quicker than you know a regular guy like me. But so I always try to focus more on the fun and the adventures and sort of what makes my perspective unique, you know, yeah. and I think that's really important. So, yeah. How long have you been doing this? Oh, gosh, I it will be July 4th was when I, I did my first video two years ago. So I'll be coming up on two years pretty soon. Hey, very cool. so, yeah, it's been good. I, I used to do before I started doing the, the videos my, on my own, I, I did stuff for Tracks Magazine. I did that for a good long while as well. I did a, a weekly live stream on there called Early Night Live, which is actually a ton of fun. But that kind of gave me, I was going to say, the strength to, to do my own video. <laughs> but, but like, kind of like the, you know, like, oh, it gave me, it motivated me to like try it out on my own and stuff like that. But yeah, that's kind of really where I got my start. So, yeah. nice. Love it. All right. Well, we're really glad to have you here. Uh, we got a lot to get to. So let's kick off this episode with a round of the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, Jeremy, do you want to uh, remind our listeners or tell our new listeners what this segment is? Of course I do. So, uh, the good, bad, and the ugly. This is when we take an aspect of Walt Disney World, whatever it may be, and we look at whether uh, something is good, meaning it's done well. Something is bad, which means it's just sort of uh, not good or bad. It's just kind of right there in the middle. But, you know, we, we had to choose a word, so we chose bad. And then there's ugly, which means it is just uh, awful. 
and needs to go, needs to completely change. There is no hope. So today we're going to be looking at uh, gift shops around the Walt Disney property. Yeah, I want to hear your pick for a good gift shop. All right, so my pick for good is um, the gift shop in the Tower of Terror exit. Does that have an official name? Oh, I'm sure it does. I don't know it. Yeah, I'm sure it does too. Okay, well, if it does, I didn't look it up. But you all know what I'm talking about. So the thing I like about this is I love that it fits the aesthetic of the attraction. Um, it It's a natural fit for a gift shop to be at the exit of this attraction. In so many attractions, it's not. It's just like you're exiting through a gift shop, and it's very obvious what the intention is there. But any hotel you've ever been to, like there is a little gift shop, and it stays very true with the merchandise that's sold there. Of course, in recent years, that has become encroached upon more and more, but I think we've just kind of come to accept that, that that's going to be a way of life in the Disney uh, world <laughs> anymore. So, But I still like that they have like the little... You know, the bathrobes and the bellhop bell and the do not disturb sign. Like, that's all just, like, super fun to me. And like I said, the windows displays are, like, captured in time from the night that the that the hotel was struck by the lightning and went to the tower, uh, the Twilight Zone. So it does a good balance of, like, just a natural fit into its surroundings with the idea still of selling merchandise. I agree with that. Yeah, I like that one. And it's surprisingly big for it to only have, for the most part, merchandise themed to that attraction, you know? Yeah, I mean, they try to sneak in some, some uh, uh, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas stuff every now and then. But uh, <laughs> for the most part, it's, it's remained loyal. All right, what about you, Vincent? My good choice, I think, first of all, I didn't even actually forgot about that gift shop because it's so... It fits so well with that building. Like that whole building in general is just a fantastic work of art. Everything there makes sense. Everything there feels right. Um, but I think another one that I think works really, really well is the gift shop for Expedition Everest. I think that one, I'm barely ever in there. Well, first of all, you know, you go on the ride, it's, it's, it's designed really well. And I think in that park, Animal Kingdom, there's not really many other rides that lead directly into a gift shop. I think a lot of them, they just kind of spit you outside and there's a cart. That's one of the few rides that has that. I think the only one the other one that does that is like Flight of Passage and Dinosaur. I think that one's themed really well. I love Animal Kingdom in general. I think Animal Kingdom is my favorite park. I think it's the most beautiful park. Everything there is so pretty. It's so detailed. Um, but that particular gift shop, I think just, I like the colors. It's very spacious and it's also very empty. Um, there's, it's like never like really, really busy. Like I like the Tower of Terror one. I think all the merchandise there is cool and they have a lot of cool iconic stuff, but I think sometimes it is a little congested in there versus I think with that Expedition Everest, everyone kind of, you go in and out and uh, it's, the merchandise there is really cool. I love all like the mountain climber, like sweaters and the jackets and the shirts and stuff they sell. Um, I think it leads out to a nice area where as soon as you step outside, you're like right by the ride and you can see it dropping down. So I, I, I really like that gift shop a lot as far as I knew I liked you. I, I knew you, you, you <laughs> had a good head on your shoulders because you Thank said you. Animal Kingdom is the best park. Yes. Oh, it, um, it is the actual best park. 
Yeah, and you know what I like about, too, uh, the Expedition Everest shop as well, is I like that they sell, even though it's just in one small corner, I like that they sell the authentic merchandise from the Himalayas or... Is that the Himalayas? You know, like they, you can find the little bracelets and things that were like mm-hmm. uh, fair trade, made by you know people who are native. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the country. Nepal. Nepal. Thank you. Even though that's kind of like just shrinking and it's just in one little area, I just like that idea that that's there. Don't they sell the flags? They do, and I have purchased them because that's I right. love them. That's right. I used to have well, those flags hanging in my room, and I was like, oh, it's like I'm in Mount Everest. It's like I'm at <laughs> Expedition Everest. Yeah, so it looks I, like yeah, you're a Buddhist. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm really zen. <laughs> you know those stores that have, like, the big tubs of just, like, random fake gemstones, and you can buy, like, five for a dollar or whatever? They should have a big bin of all the hair ties that people throw on the mountain and you could get like six for a dollar or something that is the most disgusting thing you've ever said (laughs) yeah yeah that's very disgusting all right well fine get lice for six dollars sure (laughs) you don't have to wear them you can display them (laughs) 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 anyway my pick is in animal kingdom as well it's in a land that we trash sometimes so i feel like if there's something positive i need to say I need to talk about it. And I really actually like the very kitschy souvenir shop in Chester and Hester's Dino Land. Um, or is that what it's called? Dinorama. Um, I think it's called Chester and Hester's Dinosaur Treasures. And it's got the huge sign that says souvenirs. And then you walk in and it has the big dinosaur with the train set that's going around him. And it's got all the kitschy trinkets and toys and flags overhead. And I I always step in there when it's because it's very hot back there. It's just all asphalt. So it's a good place to duck in. Look at the merchandise, see the dinosaur where they add Santa's beard and hat at Christmas time. And they put up the sign that says Santasaurus. And I know it's all kitschy, but that's what it's going for. And I really like it. That is, is, there's a lot going on in that gift shop. And I love (laughs) that. I love that. Kitschy is a really good word to describe that. Um, Also, that area is just fine. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So just yeah, that area is just fine. It makes sense. Okay. They need to put a giant 20 foot tall plaque that explains why that place exists for people to understand. (laughs) Right. But no, you're right. That, that gift shop is great. Um, it's got like the great the the gas pump outside, you know, because it's supposed to be an old gas station. I love that. And it's it's like a it's like a full building where you can kind of walk around the whole thing. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of fun. Um, and they have like the the dinosaurs in the background. It's like painted. It reminds me a lot of like the restaurant Restaurantosaurus. There's like a whole section of Restaurantosaurus where you like can look up and you see where all of the all the, I guess, archaeologists sleep and stuff like that. The excavator, it's really, really detailed. It's not like that. You know, I think I, I think they should always reward people who look up in theme parks because if you see a lot of cool stuff up there and that's one of the best examples of it. I agree. I like this. This is, this is a good guest we've got on here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, our next um, category, bad. And again, these are not necessarily things that are terrible. They're just, they need some improvement. Um, so I'm going to go first and I'm going to say my bad is, I don't know if this one has a name either. I think it does. The gift shop at Pirates when you exit out into, from Pirates. Mm. It's like Plaza del Sol something. 
Ooh, I think it is Plaza de del something. Plaza that was del impressive. That sounds de Niro. I, Plaza del Sol sounds right. I am okay with calling it that. <laughs> My thing is, um, I I like how there's the open area with the fountain, like the the sky is exposed. It kind of has that um, courtyard feel, which I like. Um, I like that there's some little pieces of art on the walls that kind of match the pirate's aesthetic. Um, what I don't like about it is that it doesn't feel Disney to me. It feels like if you were to go to Party City and design a pirate-themed store, <laughs> this is what you would come up with. I just feel like after you get off such an amazing attraction... And if you're going to be forced to be dumped into a gift shop, that there needs to be a little more effort put into it. Do you mean the merchandise? The merchandise as well as just like the overall feel, the aesthetic of the shop. It just like doesn't feel piracy to me. Like you could really make a really cool. I mean, you could almost extend the, the treasure room that uh, that is in the final scene and make that into the gift shop. Instead, it just feels like, hey, here's a Pirates-themed gift shop. We know it's Pirates-themed because, look, there's a pirate picture on the wall. You know, something like that. Yeah, I don't I know. Think. It just seems like they, they could have gone a little further to connect it with the attraction if you're going to be forced to walk through it. I think my big problem with that gift shop is I think it's really cluttered. It's like it is open air and and it's it is like a, a plaza del sol um but it's it's and i think that would work really well for a gift shop but they have just a bunch of crap everywhere and it's like it's just like it's very very cluttered and i don't ever spend any time in there and if anything i i, I think they need to make it look more like the they have the pirates league attached to it and that whole little building that little facility they have next to it it's like super detailed there's like a door that you can look into when you're in the gift shop of the Pirates of the Caribbean. You can like look in and see the Explorers thing, and it just looks so different. They both are pirate themed, but they both just look completely different than each other. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah, Very I think clever. I think what, what we're trying to say is that it, there's there's an unintentional continuity problem between the attraction and the gift shop. And they have forced you to link those two together. So they better continue the thought on the way out. Don't just mm -hmm. end the quality when it gets to the dock. Yeah, right. I don't want to be that guy. But after I rode the Disneyland Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> I don't even, I'm like, whatever, Walt Disney World Pirates of the Caribbean. You do your <laughs> thing. I'll just wait to Disneyland. They, But they don't have a gift shop, so... Oh, okay. I don't remember the gift shop, but yeah, Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean is my favorite Disney attraction. It's awesome. It was like I was like legitimately like so impressed. Yeah. And then the gift shop at Magic Kingdom is like second only to that. You know, it's like <laughs> Pirates oh, of the Caribbean yeah. and then Magic Kingdom <laughs> gift shop. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> the little open air part where you talked about with the fountain makes me laugh because on a rainy day, people you know rush into that shop and try to wait out the rain. But then there's that one square where the the sort of light is coming in and no one's standing there because it's just getting soaked. Well, it's also in that area, like under, a, like it leads into a fountain, so it's not really like you can stand there. Right, but you could. Technically, stand around the fountain if you wanted to, or sit on yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're smart. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so my pick for bad is over at World Showcase, and when you're walking, f or Epcot, when you're walking from Future World into World Showcase, you've got the two sort of symmetrical gift shops on your left and right when you head towards either direction. And the one on the right is called Port of Entry. And then the one on the left is called Disney Traders. And the one on the left, do you know what ones I'm talking about? They're, uh, They're right on the water. Yes. Right? Before you get to Mexico, before you get to Mexico, this one has the big displays above every register of like the Eiffel Tower and cutouts of... Um, you know, like Italian-style buildings. And I really like those cutouts up there. And I think they did a great job of representing all the countries. But then the merchandise they sell is like tie-dye Mickey t-shirts and 2019 mugs. <laughs> and I wish they would sell the kind of merchandise that they sell back at International Gateway by the France Pavilion, where they have, you know, a mug that represents all 11 countries, or some sort of passport that represents all 11 countries. Like, when you're walking into World Showcase, that's what they should sell, is something that represents all the countries you're about to walk past. But instead, it's just generic Disney crap. There are a ton of plushes. <laughs> Half of that store is plushes. Which is fine for the Emporium, or World of Disney, but... This thing is called Disney Traders, and it's your entrance into World Showcase. And it has the great international landmarks all around the ceiling. I just don't, I don't get it. There's like a, there's a, um, a miscommunication. That's not the word I'm thinking of, but like a disconnect between the decor and the merchandise. Yeah, there's got to be somebody somewhere who got paid a lot of money to realize that, hey, we need to sell the same basic merchandise at every single location. And then maybe a few unique items here. But apparently your average guest wants to be able to buy a Mickey mug everywhere he goes. <laughs> Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think my bad gift shop, I think the gift shop for the Winnie the Pooh ride is mm. very underwhelming. I, I think, I mean, Fantasyland in general, I think is they need to kind of figure that out. But... When I think of Winnie the Pooh, I, I I want that gift shop to look like a forest. I want it to look like like that first scene in the ride where they're all sitting around and it's, it looks like a forest. I want the gift shop to look like that, and it doesn't. It's like purple and like it's like these very like it reminds me of like a, a playroom in a preschool. It's like those types of colors and very big pages of like Winnie the Pooh in a balloon, and I'm like not impressed. Could and be very better. harsh lighting. Really harsh, harsh in that, that room. Compared to what the the front didn't they, they remember they like remodeled the entrance of that ride before it looked like the gift shop. Now it doesn't. Now the front of the ride looks so cool with the big tree and the fun sign and all that stuff like that and the play place and stuff like the gift shop doesn't match. They need to finish. They need to finish everything. But <laughs> they're not gonna do you it. You also it's not very big and it's always crowded in there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That ride is crazy popular. Uh, it is, I don't know. I don't know why, but it is. Yeah, I will say though, one of the better puns on property, hundred acre goods. That is very. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a, the name is all star. The name is perfect. <laughs> it can stay. Good job. But did they spend all their budget on hiring someone who came up with a clever pun for the <laughs> and not and doing yeah. anything to the gift shop? But yeah, that's a great one. That's a needs improvement. Yes, that 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 Imagineer is retiring well in Boca on the, off of that name <laughs> yeah. alone. <laughs> I would tell everyone I did it. I'd be like, you ever been to 100 Acre Goods? <laughs> it's mine. Mm. 
Um, so then our, our ugly here, this is, um, this is just ugly. They just, we don't like these shops. They just need to completely change. I'm going to go first because I wonder if I have the same as everybody else. I picked mouse gears at Epcot. Um, and the reason why is this shop is dated in eighties in every way that is not good. Hello, Epcot. No, 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 no. Like for instance. I know I've ripped on the electric umbrella um, in recent past, but I actually stepped in there recently and there was something about it being very dark with like the neon lighting that totally hit me in the 90s Chuck E. Cheese uh, feels. And I was like, this is so great. Like, I can't speak for the food, but just the atmosphere in here, how it gets so dark and like, I don't know, it just had that feel of like, you know, good nostalgia i don't get that at mouse gears i don't get that 80s feel i get the 80s feel but not like i said in the good way it just feels <laughs> harsh and then there's always so much happening in that store and i feel like the paint is always chipped around the edges it's just not well kept i like mouse gear and it's so big it's so big mm. why does it gotta be so big it is big and it's confusing like i don't think really things are organized in uh in a way that makes sense but i like it i love the flying mobile the Dreamfinder flying mobile up top i actually like the big gears that turn i don't care i'm gonna defend it i just want my ap magnet so i can go would, would you say apart from like the Emporium and Magic Kingdom. Is that like the biggest one? That's got to be the second biggest one. Yeah, and the thing is, it's so big, but you don't feel like you're getting anywhere when you cut through it either. No, it doesn't. Like, it's yeah. not helpful. It's not like Emporium helpful. But even no. Emporium is still pretty crazy. Um, yeah, gosh, we can talk about Mouse Gear all the all, all <laughs> live long day. Uh, um, yeah, I, I do like I do like some parts of it. I do like seeing. Um, the Dreamfinder, the, the flying machine. I like to look and go, oh, look, there it is. Um, that's the only reason I'll go through that store. And then I do like the cogs sometimes because they make like sounds like... <laughs> but I think when you, when you were mentioning the port of entry stores at the front of the World Showcase, I think mm-hmm. merchandise is a big, uh, I guess, detractor of whether or not I like a store. And like, there's a lot of just generic Disney merchandise in there. And I don't really look around in that store because of it because there's nothing that i'm like oh gosh i need this i need this um just like port of entry port of entry is all just like generic disney stuff and because of that i don't really really look around in that store or spend time there because i want the specifics yeah that's fair that's fair um my pick for ugly is in animal kingdom and it's actually in the land where my good was it's the dinosaur exit for that attraction Mm. i I don't think I have ever stopped between the time I see my photo on the screen and then I'm outside those doors. Because it looks, I mean, again, I haven't stopped, so I don't know for sure. But from the corner of my eye, it always feels like just dinosaur plushes, those rubber dinosaur toys, maybe some dinosaur t-shirts. It's so stale and static. Like, it looks like a museum gift shop, which I understand is the point but you just got off this epic attraction. And I think there may be one dinosaur skeleton sort of hanging from the ceiling. But other than that, it's just like blank walls, open air vents. It's boring. Well, and now they don't even 
you don't even scan your picture to mm-hmm. see they don't it anymore. Even show the pictures anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like covered up screens, which are really tacky. Yeah. yeah, it is a very tacky gift shop. It's very bland. The, the lighting is weird. Um, and there is this, the big centerpiece in that gift shop. I think they have a skeleton. I don't even know. I barely look in there either. They have this big picture of the Carnotaur. That's like one of those 3D pictures where if you step from side to side, it looks 3D. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. Remember like when you got like a fancy card and McDonald's or something? And I was like, oh, it's like the 3D picture. Uh, that's what it looks like. They have a giant one of those hanging in that gift shop. And I'm like, that is literally from 1999. Like, the colors are faded. It's still up there. Why is that still up there? Yeah, I agree. But if they ever decide to get rid of it, I'll buy it. So just uh, let me know. <laughs> It'll be, yeah, yeah, it's $400. All right, Vincent, wrap it up. So my bad gift shop. I think it's a little ugly, unfair. ugly. We got to keep our terminology. Sorry, ugly, ugly, ugly. The, sorry, sorry. Ugly for the millions listening shops. at home. Ugly gift shop um, is, uh, this is a little unfair because I, I feel like I'm kind of bullying it at this point. Um, but uh, because in, it could, it'll, very, very soon it won't really matter whether or not if it's an ugly gift shop or not. But I think the Star Tours gift shop is so bad. I think it's all over the place. I think it's compared to like what the ride looks like. I know they're, I, I'm pretty sure they're, doing something to it they're like remodeling it or something last time i was there they were they're doing some sort of work on it but like it's 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 just weird it just it's it the move the ride is like very much like the movie and you're on the star tours and you're in the airport and all that and then you go to the gift shop and they have like scripts of like episode one all on the walls and stuff like that and that it's because it's the only star wars gift shop right now it's just always so crazy in there all the time and like I said, that's going to change very, very soon. But yeah, that's they have moved ugly. and changed some of it because the the build your own lightsaber is I no longer that. there. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Ooh, good riddance. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Are we talking about Tatooine Traders, the one that looks like Tatooine? Tatooine on... Traders. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like the Tatooine wall outside. Yeah. It's a good Instagram photo, but not the gift shop. Yeah, that's interesting. I agree with that because I like Star Wars, but I have never seen anything in there that I would remotely be interested in purchasing. Mm-mm. And even then, even if I was interested in something there, it's such a hot mess in there all the time that I'm like, ah, I don't want to buy this. Also, yeah, okay, thank you for telling me that lightsaber, build a lightsaber thing is gone because I hated that. I hated that in the corner. Well, Every I think I it's still past. there. They just moved it, if I'm not mistaken. I, it's not like by the door anymore. Remember how it was like right there at the exit? By the door, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the door, and like when it would rain, people would do that thing where they stand by the entrance of the gift shops or entrance of the store, so they crowd that. But there was also the lightsaber thing by the door as well, and it was this cluster. And it was, I, I just every time I go by there, I see the cast members who have to work at the lightsaber station, and my heart goes out to them because <laughs> they're just dealing with thousands of people rummaging through these little plastic parts and just throwing them everywhere everywhere when they're done with them and they have to like organize them and oh this is the lightsaber hilt over here 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 and I'm just <sighs> I can't wait till they get rid of the build a lightsaber thing they're getting rid of that when galaxy's edge opens up I'm assuming they're gonna be like no you have to buy these $200 lightsabers this is the new one no, yeah, they've announced there's some lightsaber store where you can create your own it reminded me exactly of all of Anders at Yes, Universal. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know how that's gonna. I think it's. I don't think it's gonna be like a. I imagine like. I don't think it's gonna be like an Ollivander show where they're like, oh, pick one person. I'm imagining like a live 
cooking class where they bring everyone into a room and there's like one person in the middle and they're like, all right, guys, first things first, get your crystal and everyone gets their crystal. And all right, you want to put it inside the lightsaber thing here and here. That's what I'm imagining, like a cooking show, but for lightsabers. Could be, could be. All right. Well, you will not find Vincent in uh, Tatooine Traders. (laughs) Don't look for him there. (laughs) Don't. No meet and greets there. Every now and then, we like to put together a little playlist, a little something, something to help you, the listener, out. Because you, we know you have limited time. You have busy lives. You don't have time to rummage through Apple Music or Spotify or your local used CD store, whatever you choose to get your fine music at. Uh, so what we like to do is put together a little playlist for you just to just to pop in the old tape deck and go. So that's what we're going to do today. And today's playlist is Disney cover songs. So I think we each chose three songs. These are Disney songs that were covered by other artists. And these are songs that we enjoy. Yeah. Um, I'll go first because my first one's kind of obvious because it is played over the credits of a movie. But to me, that's a cover because it's not the official song that is part of the musical film. So it's You're Welcome by Jordan Fisher and Lin-Manuel Miranda from Moana. I love this version so much. And I don't think I'm even a huge fan of the, the movie version by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I mean, it's fine. He does fine. But I really, really love this cover. And it only gets better as it goes. And Jordan Fisher hits those insanely high notes at the end. And Lin-Manuel wraps the bridge. And it's very it's very sweet. And I like it a lot. Does he do fine, though? I think so. He does better than I expected. Okay. I'll, I'll agree with well? no, no, Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. Oh, you know what? I, I do start. I'm starting to worry that he is overstaying his welcome. As far as like he was, there was a point in time. Sorry, welcome to Dwayne the Rock Johnson podcast, everybody. <laughs> uh, but I think yeah, he's getting a little. Uh, say, uh, he's getting in that Josh Gad, uh, Neil Patrick Harris territory. Be careful. He listens to this show. <laughs> he's know, a he's huge punch My head off.
All right, your song, sir. So my song, um, I, I, I'm going to go a little topical, okay? I don't want to bring the mood down, but I think as far as Disney covers go, I, I didn't pick three individual songs. I actually picked an entire album. And this entire album is the musical version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys have listened to that version, like the most recent one. Um, it's fan-freaking-tastic. It is so good. Um, and I, I think, if I'm correct, I believe they even have a version of the show on YouTube that you can watch. And it's like the actual off-Broadway production that was going on with all the original cast and things like that. I think, um, I think The Hunchback of Notre Dame has always had really, really good music. But I think... Gosh, in this musical, it's like so much more. It's just so much more epic. I it's like particularly like, uh, gosh, wow, the name escapes me. What's the one? It's his uh, "I Want" song. Out there, out there. Yes, thank you for right. His "I Want" song. You know, everyone has an "I Want" song. Um, but yes, out there. Oh my gosh, out there on that album. It's so good. It's incredible. Yeah, and Hellfire. You know, yeah. All my life I wonder how it feels to pass a day Not above them But part of them And out there living in the sun Give me one day out there All I ask is one to hold forever out there where they all live unaware what I give what I dare just to live one day out there I think Heaven's Light from the album has made two of jeremy's playlists on this show. i love it i love it i have it i actually have a playlist called heaven's light and it's just that song 30 times <laughs> so it's only 60 minutes long <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah no that is that's a good one uh, my my first song this is a deep cut all right so um y'all need to find this one because it's good uh this is from on the album everybody wants to be a cat which is on Apple Music, if you're looking for it. Um, and it was like a jazz album that was released of Disney covers. And I'm not a big jazz person, per se, but this is, this is you know, unique and fun. But there's one track on that album that I love. And it's by, oh, can't even read my own writing. Uh, Roberta Gambarini, I think is, her, is, is the artist's name. And the Dave Brubet. Trio? Do we know who those are? Dave Brubeck, Brubeck Trio is a very popular jazz band. Okay, there you go. So it's them, and they do this cover of Alice in Wonderland that is phenomenal. Ooh. And it's like very slowed down. You think you're in like a club with like a drink in your hand and just like there's a live band and it just has that jazz feel. So when I think jazz, you know like the Charlie Brown Christmas song um christmas time is here yes and you know how it's like 
got that snare that kind of like just like and the hi-hat that just like hums throughout the whole song uh-huh. and it's very, like that's what i think of when i think of like slow jazz and that's <laughs> what this song is it's very like slow jazz And where do stars go? Where is the crescent moon? They must be somewhere in the sunny afternoon. Alice in Wonderland, where is the path to Wonderland? Over the hill or here or there are My second pick is have you heard of Los Lobos L O B O S How Far Is Heaven didn't they sing that song I don't know but they have an album called Los Lobos Does Disney <laughs> I love it I I didn't know anything about this band but they do a cover this is so random but on Summer Magic there's the movie or there's the song The Ugly Bug Ball sung by Burl Ives and they do a cover of it have you ever heard of the song Spirit in the Sky, which starts with just the electric guitar, like, dun, 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 and then like the drums starts to come in? It is exactly like that. The electric guitar starts, and then the drums come in, and they sing this sort of like, like 60s rock version of the Ugly Bug Ball. I think it's great. I've always loved that song, but it, it really gives it a unique spin. Lobos, who knew? They became big. Uh, I'm saying they're not the ones who sing "How Far Is Heaven." Um, they became the band gained international stardom in 1987 when their cover version of Richie Valens' "La Bamba" topped the charts in the U.S., the U.K., and several other countries. So there you go. Do you know what "Los Lobos" means in Spanish? The earlobes. Eh, correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Not the, the wolves. The wolves. There you go. Very good. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, I'm very gullible. Like, what? <laughs> I don't think so. So Vincent, was that were those all three of your picks, that album? Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. No worries, no that. judgment. <laughs> uh, so my next pick, um this song I love as well. This song it just puts me in a good mood. And it's by Ali and AJ. And it is their version of Zippity Doo Dah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I do like that. It's so good. It's and It's just so like, Radio Disney. It's so Radio Disney, but it's so, like, still recognizable to the original song, which is what I really appreciate it. But it has, like, a very pop-esque feel. So, you know, I think Uncle Remus would approve.
I feel like I'm watching some 30-second TV commercial for Walt Disney World when I hear that song. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah, in fact, um, thinking about this, I got introduced to that song because on our first trip, Matt made us like a little DVD compilation of all our pictures set to music, and this was one of the songs <laughs> on there. Oh, wow. Good times. Way back in 2007. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so my final pick, does the Rainbow Connection count as a Disney song? Absolutely. Okay, so the Rainbow Connection, of course, made famous by Kermit the Frog. Uh, There is a group called Sleeping At Last, I guess. Apparently they have a ton of albums, and the lead singer is Ryan O'Neal, and they just... Wikipedia calls them a project, not even a band. So I I don't really know the whole situation. But on Spotify, there's an album by Sleeping at Last called Covers Volume 2. And he does a version of the Rainbow Connection that is just piano. And then about halfway through, it comes with comes in with some light strings. And I just feel like it perfectly matches the sort of... Almost an I Want song, but not quite. Um, it, it perfectly matches like the desperation in the lyrics. <laughs> I, I know this is making the song sound way deeper than it is, but it is like uh, the lovers, the dreamers, like, you know, he wants something he's hoping for. He's hoping to find the rainbow connection. And I First feel like off, there th- are, there are lots of layers in rainbow connection. That yeah. is, don't, don't undercut that song. Okay, good. I agree. And I just feel like this cover of it perfectly matches what the lyrics are saying. And sometimes songs don't do that. True. I, I like it. Somebody thought of that And someone believed it And look what it's done so far What's so amazing That keeps us stargazing And what do we think we might see Someday we'll find it Rainbow connection, lovers, the dreamers, and me. All of us under its spell. Well, I'm going to end us on a high note then. Um, and I'm going to end us with the one and only Miss Carly Rae Jepsen herself and her cover version of Part of Your World. And I love it for the same reason that I love Ali and AJ's version of Zippy Doo is that it's. The, the core of the song is still there. It's just so much more poppy. And so, like, you know, it, sometimes I just need I need a little more more zest to my part of your world that Jody Benson just doesn't bring to me with all due respect. Interesting. <laughs> I've never heard that. Oh, it's so good. You will not be disappointed. Flipping your fins, you don't get too far. Legs are required for jumping, dancing, strolling along down a, what's that word again? Street, up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun, wandering free, wish I could be part of that world, what would I give if I could live? Uh, honorable mention, because I I don't think they've ever released a full version of this, but in Happily Ever After, when they do Love is an Open Door, 
and it's like that ethereal female voice who says, say goodbye to the pain of the past. Mm. There's not a full version of that available? I mean, I don't even know who the artist is. I'm going to do some digging because that is a really good part of that show. I think so, I too. I really like that part. And I'm like, why don't they should put that? I'm going to find that. Okay. Because I think it's two girls. Like, they harmonize a little bit. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to the pain of the past. We don't have to feel it anymore. Love is an open door. Um, another uh, honorable mention, both Marilyn Manson and Panic at the Disco's uh, covers of This is Halloween. Like, that's not my type of music, per se, except Panic at the Disco. I do like some of their stuff. But This is Halloween by Marilyn Manson, that is pure Halloween to me. Like, October 1st, I'm kicking that. <laughs> Kick it. As the children are saying these days. show we want to talk about the many emotions you experience at walt disney world uh now certainly on a walt disney world vacation you're going to experience a wide range of emotions you'll see you know kids crying over ice cream that they dropped because they're tired and cranky and parents are all stressed about fast passes and whatnot uh it's a whole roller coaster ride at walt disney world but we want to talk about the emotions that walt disney world itself is responsible for stirring up inside you you know it, they might be a little bit manipulative but hey it's working and so we're going to talk about the emotions we personally experience when we're at the parks and we have five emotions we're going to talk about i know what you're thinking it's the five from inside out but there's a twist so stay tuned uh, but the first one is from Inside Out. It's fear. And we each have three examples of times when the parks stir up fear in some way in us. So, Vincent, do you want to start us off with your first example? Yeah, I would. Uh, I think my first uh, example of fear that I feel in these parks um, is probably the most fearful I feel sometimes being someone who lives here in Orlando, I, I get to come to these parks a lot. So I'm used to a lot of different things, but there is one particular scene in a certain ride, which I believe is the scariest ride at Walt Disney world. Uh, it is a little ride called dinosaur in particular, the end scene of dinosaur where you are 
about to go back to the future and you've got the iguanodon and everything's falling all around, all around you. And the last thing that happens is, uh, say Dr. Skeeter, uh, Dr. Seeker is like, brace yourselves. And it, it's this cacophony of all these different sounds. The alarm is going off. It's like, dit, 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 dit. and the, the carnotaur is coming at you. And it's just, there's this very specific sound that I always hear. And I'm sure you guys hear it on that ride. If you've been recently, it's a, it goes, it's just like, it's insane. It's, it's like so much chaos all at once. And it's like flashing and it's, you're dropping and you're falling. And I, that room is such high anxiety. I think of like what I would do if I was in that room, standing in the corner, watching this happen. If I was trapped in that room, having to watch this over and over again, I'd freak the heck out. Vincent, this is my number one pick. That especially when you're in the front row, because it's I, insane. I feel like I could reach out and touch that dinosaur head that comes out at you, and it is such a disappointment when it's not working and it doesn't pop out. But when it pops out, like I feel the same way. Like my whole pot- body kind of like convulses a little bit because it's so intense. That ride is so scary, and it's at that point in the ride. Any kid who thought this was some other type of ride is—it's too late. You can't get out. <laughs> the, the, that ride gets progressively scarier and scarier, and like that ride has very scary moments all throughout. Um, that part where the Carnotaur—you know—it first shows up, and you're kind of like right next to it, and the part where it chases you, and you're going through in the dark, and then the end where all this crazy noise and the bright lights and the thing is charging at you—it's like it's insane. It's like the wildest moment in a ride for me at Disney World. Yeah, if that's a 10 out of 10, the dinosaur where it takes your picture is like a 4. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just really loud in that room. Yeah. But there is something very, very scary in that room. Um, and I don't think, I don't know, tell me if you guys have noticed this before, but that particular room, they have a beam mode where if that carnotaur isn't working, they have another head that they keep in the bushes on the opposite side that this this is freaky this is like i see it and that's what freaks me out um it's just literally it's just the head and they keep it up in the rafters and you can look it up you can find it. there's pictures of it on the internet and when that room kind of lights up when they put on like the show lights so you can see the carnivore you can see it off in the corner and it's just a demon head because it's the horns in the in the bushes in the dark shadows and i always see it and i'm like ah like it's i always see that and I, that freaks me out more than the carnivore that's actually roaring at you is the <laughs> the statue head Hiding in the shadows. No. Very scary. We don't we don't <laughs> we don't right. need demon dinos. No. Demon dinos. No. Very, very scary, right? From the creators of Sharknado. <laughs> so my fear is the fear that I found is universal amongst uh, people who have ridden this attraction, and that is the fear of being decapitated on Space Mountain. Um, I actually talked to a couple of people today who um, we're wondering what we were talking about on the podcast and I told them and so they were like oh my greatest fear losing my head on Space Mountain and I was like really that's so funny because I've always thought the same thing and they're like yeah I never want to raise my hands I always like duck down a little bit because I'm scared um, so again maybe not intentional by Disney but certainly adds an element to that attraction that uh, is kind of creepy I know I don't know how people raise their hands on that ride Oh, I don't know. I mean, like, I know perception is is very subjective. 
but it definitely feels like sometimes that bar is like right there. And don't they tell you not to leave, like raise your hands? They say keep them inside the car. I've never heard that. I think that usually means don't reach out to the left or right. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, ugh, it's scary. I agree. That is, it's so weird because like, you know, in your heart of hearts, this ride is 100% safe. And you know, they test rides with like uh, the like the envelopes where they like do like the rim to see how far people can reach without hitting something. But Space Mountain, you're right. Every single time I go on Space Mountain, I'm like, oh man, if I stick my arms out, I might lose them. Even though like, I'm like 5'8", I'm not the tallest guy in the world. And I'm sure like basketball players ride that ride and we both feel, I'm still like, oh man, if I stick my arms out, I'm gonna get hit. Like, and it's it's not, I don't know. It's, Maybe because it's an older ride, it, it definitely feels really, really wild. But gosh, yeah, Space Mountain—that is a very common fear. I didn't even well, think I, about that. I've seen, you know, video of um, people getting decapitated. Of people getting decapitated, seen that. Uh, no, I've seen videos of like Mickey and Goofy riding. Oh, true, true. So I feel like if their massive heads can fit, then my massive head can fit too. <laughs> <laughs> So my second fear is related to dinosaur in some sort of way. It's not part of dinosaur. It's an animal kingdom. I have a really, really big fear of dormant animatronics. So oh. large creatures that are just waiting to turn on. Um, I used to really be afraid of the Jaws ride because of this. Because in Jaws, there's just a giant shark that's just kind of like I'm making a face right now but like uh, <laughs> in the water waiting to come out um so I that used to freak the heck out of me that just knowing that in the water there was that um the T-Rex in Jurassic Park is really really scary to me because of that and um everyone's favorite yeti that doesn't move is very very scary to me despite the fact that it doesn't move the fact that it's just there like frozen like it's like a like an evil like it has a curse on it and it's just waiting to awaken is very very scary and also that yeti is like really really big and you're in that room with the yeti not long enough to get an idea of how big it is at least i i can never get a an idea of like how big this animatronic is supposed to be and that's another one of those situations uh my uh my my parameters on what i'm afraid of is if i was stuck in a room with it would i be freaking out and if i was in a room with that yeti I would be totally freaking out and I don't ever want to be there when it moves. Yeah, that is creepy. Uh, last time I went to Cosmic Rays, Sunny, Sunny Eclipse was turned off and his head was just like drooped down. And even that was kind of eerie. Oh, it's very weird. He's like, he's dead. And <laughs> it's like, left him there. it's like it's covered with weird. a tarp or something. <laughs> no, yeah. It's like CSI. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah. covered, throw a drape over him. <laughs> it was a mob hit. <laughs> Um, so my second pick is actually something we never talk about on the show, but it's at the water parks. Have you ever ridden Summit Plummet at Blizzard Beach? <gasps> yes, and I love it. I used to not like it. It's a great slide. I've only slid down it the, tw the two times on the same day. I really enjoy it. But when you're sitting at the top of it, you literally cannot see the slide itself. Like it looks like you're about to push yourself over the edge of a cliff. And you're just trusting that there really is a slide underneath you. Like, that's how steep it is. <laughs> and, I mean, if you're afraid of heights, like, I think I think that does a pretty good job 
of uh, creating fear in the person. Is this the two-person one that you and Matt <laughs> no, no, ride no. together? It's not the water coaster. It is the really steep one that it. when you see pictures of it from far away, they've created it to look like a ski slope, you know, like a ski jumping hill. Yes. But okay. obviously you don't jump off the end of it. Um, yeah, it's that one. It's pretty intimidating. I'm not going to lie. When you sit at the top of it, it's like, I don't think I'm going to go down this. I think, I think uh, out of all the rides, including the water parks at Disney World, that's still the one ride that I'll go to and go, all right, let's do the ride. Let's do it. You know, I actually, you know, funny you mentioned that. I have, I have two videos on my YouTube, Vincent Vision, um, where I've gone to Blizzard Beach and like the recurring bit is that eventually I'm going to have to ride Summit Plummet. And I remember the first time I ever rode that, the only reason I wrote it because is because I knew I was doing a video and it would be funny to get on camera. You know, I think it's good TV to go on that ride. And it's very, very scary. Um, but yeah, that is a pretty, pretty scary ride. I wonder it's how really many bathing up. suits have been blown off on that thing. Well, I was about to say, did you did you get uh, footage of your wedgie when, when you reached <laughs> the bottom? No, no, they. I wouldn't be able to put that on YouTube. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call NSFW. Yes, yeah. I would just look like a, the Yeti. <laughs> Big hairy butt. Sorry. <laughs> Is that okay to say? I'll allow it. Okay, so my next uh, <laughs> my next fear. Is it my turn? Yes. I was just trying to transition as fast as possible. Uh, my next uh, fear thing. And this, um, it doesn't scare me as much anymore. But um, it... I still remember the first time I rode this, and it scared the living snot out of me. <laughs> and that is uh, on test track when that you're driving. <laughs> of all attractions, I was not expecting <laughs> test track to come out of your mouth. But you know, on test track when you're driving, and then like the semi all of a sudden like uh -huh. at you. I still remember that first time riding that. Just my heart like was in my toes because it just dropped it was like oh gosh it scared me um and i i love riding it with people who have never ridden it before because you will get a nice little Woo! every now and then from people i thought you were gonna say the doors sometimes i ride that ride and i think man if these doors don't open up when we shoot out of here i better hope <laughs> oh. that these things are made out of styrofoam <laughs> they're made out of styrofoam i'm assuming but if it does happen we just through it right I don't know, but it'd be cool. I want to. I want to be on the car that gets the first throw. And it's funny. There'll be one group that like that's their first time riding the ride. And they'll think that's what happens all the time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Reset the doors. They're like, yeah. wow, this, this piece of door stuck through my dad's skull. Oh, it's part of the attraction, also, I guess. <laughs> I would 100 percent buy that picture because the fear <laughs> in people's faces on that would be and make a great photo because everyone's usually just kind of like having a good time on test track photo but if you blasted through those doors oh man that'd be a great photo see they just need saying. to put the photo op right like a, a half a second the after the, the scare of the of the semi truck so that way everybody's like oh. <laughs> that's very true that'd work alright and one more Vincent so my last one um, is a pretty real one. Uh, have, living here um, in Orlando, I, I get to go to Disney a lot. But something, some, there's a certain time of day I don't like to go to Disney. And that is first thing in the morning 
because nothing scares me more than morning bag check mm. at Disney World. And I know this isn't something that Disney uh, has done on purpose, but if you could ever cut tension with a knife in the air, it is at morning bag check. And it, it, it gets me like, it's, I don't know, everyone is in a, in a, everyone's really, really excited to have a good day. Everyone's really, really excited. But you can feel like, man, I, 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 I'm a look, I'm a good guest. I, 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 I'm on my best behavior at Disney World, but I have gotten into many passive aggressive side eye battles with other guests <laughs> in the line for bags. We're like, oh, I'm gonna go to that line because there's nobody there. And then I get there and they're like, oh, he just got right in front of us. And I'm like, side eyeing them and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that I think is very scary to me. Also, it's a lot of people. Very, very busy. It is. It's very intimidating. And there's always that moment when they're, especially at Magic Kingdom, because there are, what, 20 lines and they're all long and you can't tell which one's moving fastest. But in that moment, you have to decide which line am I getting in. Mm-hmm. And then you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was more like anxiety than fear, I would say. But yeah, it's a lot going on there. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. A lot packed in that moment. Uh, my third pick doesn't necessarily give me fear anymore, but I do think that room in Rock and Roller Coaster where it launches into you don't know where can be very intimidating if you've never ridden it before. And honestly, I guess I do still get a little bit of it when I'm sitting on it and it's counting down because even though I love the feeling you get when it launches, I do have to kind of tell myself, okay, for about three seconds, you're not going to be able to breathe. Like this is about to happen any minute now. <laughs> Any second, it's about to happen. So there is like that sort of heart racing moment where you don't know exactly when it's going to go. And then all of a sudden it just zooms into this dark building and the people standing in that room are like, where did it go? Yeah, no, I'm with you. That I didn't think about that, but that anticipation is worse than anything. Because you're just <laughs> exactly. like, I don't want to start breathing, you know, because I'll breathe out or like I'll hold my breath, one of the two. And I'm always like, I don't want to get caught mid breath, you know, and then. So I'm always like, (gasps) (laughs) 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 like waiting for it. Yeah, because I'm the kind of person once it launches for the next two seconds, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) as you feel your internal organs just like slam into the back of your body. Yeah, Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. My third is um, something I think is very scary that I'm surprised has lasted as long as it has lasted. And that is Hopper's appearance at It's Tough to Be a Bug. (laughs) Well, just the whole, like, and the spiders. And, okay, so this is so stupid, but I get a little claustrophobic when they start spraying the, 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 the bug spray, if you will. Even though I know it's just, like, generic water vapor that's making this like fog something about that whole room feeling like it's congested with that stuff and then people are screaming and losing their minds and there's the spiders (laughs) i get a little mini panic attack every single time it's a lot of steam or smoke it really does fill up that room well and and that and then the anticipation too because the one thing i don't like is i do not like the stinger 
hitting me in the back. It bothers me every single time. So then I'm like leaned forward because I know it's coming. So the anticipation of that, making sure I'm leaning forward, the smoky feel of the room, and I feel like I can't breathe, even though I'm a smart, educated medical professional who knows I can breathe in that moment with the spiders and the children screaming. It's very, very overwhelming. Yeah. The hopper is a good point, though, because we always talk about the spiders being scary because that's when all the kids scream. But he does just like appear out of nowhere and he's this six foot tall grasshopper. And it's that's where, our, you know, my nephew and we all watched it together. Just oh, he lost, lost his mind, it. completely lost it when Hopper popped out. Well, and there's like a, an explosion sound, too, when he comes in. So it scares the mess out of you. And then all of a sudden he's there all up in your business. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. That was fear. I can go first for this next one. We're going to move on to our second emotion, and that is... Let's do disgust. I have to admit that my picks are probably not things Disney is trying to disgust you with, uh, but the rest of mine are, so we'll get this one out of the way. My first pick for disgust is something we talked about pretty recently. It is the Voyage of the Little Mermaid Theater, (laughs) where all you have to do is walk in that room... And the smell, the fact that it's like 100% humidity in there, it's so musty. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to sit in those cushioned seats and you don't want to think about what is in what has been absorbed into those cushioned seats for the last 25 years. It, it disgusts me. It, it really does. I'm about to use some words that I'm sure some of our listeners will hate. So control yourselves. That theater is moist and musty. <laughs> that is true. There is no better word to describe it. Yeah, that is gross. We talked about that before, about just how in the world has the health department not shut that down? Because those are foam seats. It's not like it's, you know, vinyl where they can just wipe the the, the residue off. That's getting absorbed. And then just 20 years of mildew and mold mm-hmm. and moist mustiness. <laughs> All the M words. I need to go take a shower. That's gross. What disgusts me, um, I think with this part of the list, it was kind of hard to come up with stuff that Disney does intentionally to disgust me. Yeah. If I could think of one right off, I think about it now. Um, you guys remember that chili smell at Stitch's Great Escape? Ugh. Yes. That was bad. That didn't make it on my list, unfortunately, because it's gone now. But something that I think is uh, genuinely disgusting at Disney World is the exit for Cali River Rapids. And that is because people are coming off of this ride and they are soaked to the bone. And a lot of people do this. They start undressing themselves and taking their shoes and their socks and their Uh. clothes and they're leaving them all to dry. And that whole little walkway, it just smells in the middle of summer like hot, steamy, sweaty feet. It's it's just not pleasant at all. And it's 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 insane. It's a lot like that, like uh, like the Popeye ride at Universal is like that too, where it's just steamy and ugh, it's just, it just smells really bad. It's just like hot, sweaty feet. Yeah, you, you, there's no need to take your patoots out. Keep those in your shoes where they belong. I've never, that's like the one attraction I've never done at Walt Disney World, but I can already picture it and smell it a little bit too. 
it's a great ride. It's a really fun ride. It's the queue is awesome. Right. The queue is so detailed and like the whole ride is beautiful. It's a little short, but like, man, people just just take off all their clothes and leave them to dry, and it's stinky. Uh, well, my my first pick for disgust, and this is um, gonna piggyback off of that, uh, is the smell of the gorillas on the uh, <laughs> uh, was it P- Pangori? Isn't it just Gorilla Falls now? Oh, maybe it is. You're right. Um, and I I love nature. I I'm I'm a big nature person. I like Animal Kingdom. I like seeing the animals, and I understand it's nature. It's the way that. Uh, you know, these animals are, uh, but they stink. Oh man, do they stink? And it's like, it is that, that body odor smell where you feel like you walked into a middle school locker room. Um, and you know, right after gym class and just festering funk minus the ax body spray, trying to cover it up. (laughs) Well, that's what they need. They need the zoologist to go out there with some ax body spray. (laughs) Yeah. But there's just something about like, walking through there particularly on a stuffy hot day that if you are not mentally prepared for that you'll be like the little boy who i saw on my last trip who was vomiting as he walked by the gorillas um it wasn't me it wasn't it wasn't Derek this time but uh yeah that's pretty gross Ew. yeah uh my second pick is so stupid but everyone is gonna know what i'm talking about and this is Orlando in general, but why is the water so gross? <laughs> oh, oh, oh my gosh. But you say Orlando in general. Listen, I live two feet outside of Disney property, and my water does not taste like that. Maybe they're trying to get you to buy Dasani. I don't know. That's it. And sometimes I find, in fact, I was with you. I think it was over by Pizzafari. I got some water in that fountain, and I was like, hey, this is refreshingly cold so you can find good fountains but a lot of the time it's warm water that tastes gross it's just like over sulfured i don't know i will only drink water from the fountains if i am need to survive at disney world (laughs) so if i don't have three dollars in my bank account and i am dying i will drink from those water fountains but yeah it's nasty I, I, I would do say, of all the things I splurge on at Disney, I know it's not a huge splurge, but I will buy a bottle of water just about every day because I know it's going to be cold and I know it's going to taste like water. It's going to taste like water. <laughs> you, you can't always say that about the water fountains. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, good one. My second one is uh, two words. Turkey legs that was my second that was my second (laughs) (laughs) first off they're just gross looking because i've never seen a turkey that big so you know they're just pumped full of something to get them that that size and then there is no classy way to eat a turkey leg in a theme park (laughs) you are just straight up gnawing on that bone going to town grease just running down your chin um it's just nasty. Like, they're just so gross. And, you know, there's all these rumors about what they actually are made of. Like, if, is it some, some kind of, like, spam meat? Or is it some kind of, like, emu or something? I don't know. It, regardless, they're, they're, they're gross. Don't send me emails. The worst is when it's, like, 100 degrees and you've got human grease running down your forehead and then turkey <laughs> grease running down your chin. Oh, oh wow. 
Mm, I'm going to I'm going to take this one step further with the turkey legs. Uh, I used to work at a major theme park and I used to work at a major ride at a theme park that people were notorious for getting very very sick on and uh, without saying too much I'll people just mover. say that oh, oh yeah people lost their lunch all the time on people mover. <laughs> no, not people mover, but Mr. Um, would just say as far as regarding turkey legs and motion sickness, turkey legs look the same way going out as they did coming in. Uh, and they smell <laughs> the same. They smell the exact same. Uh, I have sworn off a turkey leg. They will never in my life eat a turkey leg. And I, I look down on people who do eat turkey legs. There you go. I said it. Having uh, known my, my hatred for turkey legs, you know, some years ago, they sold the car air freshener turkey leg. Who would buy that? Well, my friends bought it for me. What did it smell like it? Oh, I, it smelled exactly like a turkey leg. It was so gross. Oh, uh, uh-uh. That's insane. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, my third pick, well, honorable mention because it's no longer at Walt Disney World, but the headphones, it sounds dangerous. <laughs> 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 it's like, no, I'm getting disease from these. No, my third pick, Disney, I I think they actually, they know this disgust people and I think they delight in it. It's the Beverly Soda at Club Cool. You know, that's the one where you take yeah, your friends. Yeah. yeah, that's the one where you take your friends who have never been before and you're like, oh, you should try the Beverly. And it's delightfully disgusting. You know, like you want to try it because you know it's going to be disgusting. And I hope it never leaves. Yeah, I mean, that's like a rite of passage for uh, any new Epcot visitors. You have to go in there. Uh, my disgust actually piggybacks off of that as well. And mine is the floor at Club Cool. Ah. <laughs> oh, man. The floor. That's a good one. Good call. I mean, like, how do y'all not have a mop in there or something? Like, how is the floor always that sticky? And just, it's kind of like, um, sometimes you go to, like, a, a really, like, ratchet movie theater. And you stick to the floor as you're, like, walking to your seat. And all you can think about is... I never want to see this place with the lights on because I would be so grossed out probably by everything around me. Um, that's how I feel about Club Cool, except the lights are on and we're just like <laughs> <laughs> all the way through. They, those cast members, they must work their hardest. God bless them. I'm sure they mop those floors any chance they get, but there are I'm sure so they don't. many people. Oh, you know what? They might have given up. <laughs> yeah, they might have just said it's not worth it. It's an uphill battle. Isn't that closing soon? I think I think yes. But I don't I don't think it's for sure not coming back to a new location. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I, I do hope it sticks around. Yeah. Because they're also closing the Starbucks and then you know Starbucks is coming back somewhere else. Oh yeah, yeah. No way, yeah, no way. You're gonna bring it to the front, right? Maybe. I don't I haven't heard for sure. All right, uh, do you have one more disgust? I do. I, I have one more disgust. Um, it's a it's a short and sweet. Uh, this is uh, the mass exodus of people leaving Magic Kingdom after Happily Ever After. <laughs> it is mental how many people are leaving this park and like think about going to Magic Kingdom in the middle of the day. When you're going in, the whole area is empty and the music's playing. And it's like, you know, it was, it was easy to get here. Um, 
and then going, leaving, trying to leave Magic Kingdom right after the, the fireworks. And it's everything is filled. It's people everywhere. It's like, it reminds me of like in those movies, like apocalypse movies where they're like, oh, the virus is coming. So you have to evacuate <laughs> the city. And it's all the people trying to like get on the boats and the planes to evacuate. That's what it feels like. It's insane. It's like, I cannot believe it. And like you, I, I have been like, oh, well, I guess I'll wait an hour or I'll stick around Magic Kingdom for an hour, an hour and a half until after the fireworks and maybe it'll be easier to leave. No, there's still people there. There's still people there. And it's crazy to me. And like when I go to Magic Kingdom, I have to make a decision. Do I want to get to my car in a timely manner or do I want to see the fireworks and get to my car three hours later? Uh -huh. So what I've started to do now is this is a big this is a big brain move. I'm sharing you guys a little secret here. So what I do is I will once the show is done, I will walk to the contemporary or Bay Lake Towers. I will call a lift and I will tell them to drive me to the TTC. It's two dollars the ride from there to there. And I just bypassed all those people. Yep, I've done that. And I feel like a champion. <laughs> so that's, I guess, what disgusts me. It's a good one, yeah. I'm just picturing you, like, seeing them all flock out of the park, and you just say, ugh. Oh, it's literally, it's, it's, ugh. Disgusting. That's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's bad. I'm sure they're all very nice people. <laughs> <laughs> Caveat. Yeah. <laughs> I like people. It's worth mentioning, okay? It's just too many. Too many is too much. Well, uh, let's balance out the disgust with some <laughs> laughter. Um, so this is where we're we're differing from from the inside out, I guess. Because we didn't want to do anger because that's too easy. Uh, so laughter. Um, things that make you laugh in the park. I'll go. Okay. I still think Country Bear Jamboree is hilarious. In fact, the more I go, like the more I find to laugh at. I, I love the. Uh, sh maybe we should shoot him instead. And then he says, "Bang!" <laughs> and then he, uh, he has, when he says, "Bang!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he says, uh, "As soon as I get a ladder, I'll be right up." It's just like, oh. <laughs> love that part it's such a corny hilarious attraction to me and i love when the crowd gets the humor and they're all laughing along that's my favorite actually my on my list as well so i'll piggyback off of that because there are definitely things about country bear that still make me chuckle all the guys that turn me on turn me down uh -huh. makes me laugh um Blood on the saddle, hilarious. And even just when the curtain opens and people see him for the first time, like usually that sparks some laughter there. And like you said, the cr the crowd you're seeing it with can make or break the show for you. Like I have been in some lit theaters where everybody is just hooting and hollering and having a good time. And uh, I've also been in theaters where no one makes a noise the whole whole show and it's very awkward <laughs> so um you know sometimes you gotta lead the charge sometimes you have to be the change you want to see in the world and you have to start you know getting a little rowdy so everybody joins you this is true this is why i laugh out loud every time i'm in there it's sort of it's it mostly it's genuine but it's also sort of to encourage others because mm. you know they say a laugh laughter is like herpes it just spreads mm. that was 
Play-Doh, I think. That was beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's, you can buy it on my shirts. Uh, the Lost Sisters. <laughs> I'm starting yeah, my own company. Oh, yeah. Can I get that on the shirt, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God bless Country Bears. Like, all those characters all have personality, and it's very clever. It's very funny. And you're right. When you get a, a crowd that's kind of getting into it, and they understand what's going on, and they, you know, they enjoy the music, and they laugh at the jokes, oh my gosh, it's amazing. But, um... Laughter for me, something that makes me laugh, is another show at Disney World. Uh, something we talked about a little earlier at the top of the list. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's tough to be a bug for different reasons. I absolutely love that scene where Hopper comes out and he's like, "Now you're gonna suffer." And they sh- all so that scene to me, I think, is chaos. I think when you think of Disney World. You don't think of this room in smoke with crying children and spiders coming down from the ceiling. It's like everyone loses their minds. And I think to me that's so funny. I think that's it's just so out of the normal. I think it's a really weird moment that doesn't really exist in any other Disney ride apart from like Dinosaur. Uh, it always makes me laugh. Well, in the I midst of that chaos, people like don't know what's happening. So all of a sudden they're getting stabbed in the back. It's insane. It's, it's, it's so insane and people are freaking out. And yeah. It's like another one of those classic situations where you bring your kid on this thing thinking it's one thing. And for the most part, that show is like, oh, we're a fun bug show. And then completely out of left <laughs> field, they're like, this is a haunted house. Now you're welcome, you're welcome <laughs> to Halloween Horror Nights. Like it's insane. And I think, I think uh, as an outsider, seeing that is very funny if you're the parent of the kid maybe not as funny unless you don't like your kid but other than that very funny this is such a good point and we had a guest on our show a while back who brought something to my attention that makes me laugh even harder now it's insane the spiders drop three-fourths of that room is screaming bloody murder but then right after that it goes into we're pollinators yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he <laughs> pointed he pointed out that it's like, it's it's too late. Like, the kids are still screaming. No one's listening to this song. No one's enjoying it anymore. But they're sure trying. Oh, what a strange show. I know. It's so great. All right. Uh, my second pick is so random, but it really does make me giggle on Everest when you go backwards and you get those G-forces and you're, you feel it in your belly. I, I genuinely think I laugh out loud every single time. Does, it, does that make anybody else laugh? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know. There's a very specific part when you're going backwards that you really do feel it. And, like, I would love to see that with the lights on because I'm like, what's happening right now that we're we're getting those forces? Yeah, I think it's because the curve is so sharp. Like, you're going fast, but then, like, it really curves in on itself. And I think that's where those G-forces come in. And it just makes me giggle like a little kid because I feel it. Get that tickle in your tummy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, my laughter comes from um, Muppet Vision 3D. Um, I just recently saw this show again. Uh, actually, I think it was with you, wasn't I? Did we watch it? Mm-mm. Nope. I was with our friend Scott. And uh, we watched it. And people were really into it laughing. And Statler and Walder- Waldorf were... I mean, they got some great lines in that show. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just the old curmudgeons there. Particularly when they're like, 
Uh, I'm talking to the man in the goofy mask. That's not a mask. Oh, sorry, lady. Oh, oh, oh. You know? and uh, you know, just little things like that. It's just like, wow, savage. Yeah. Uncle Sam steals the show. Or, I mean, it's Uncle Sam. Sam the Eagle. Yes. Another thing of laughter that I really, really like. Um, Citizens of Hollywood. Hello. Yes. I almost put them. Oh, my gosh. They, that, okay. I would say, okay, it's tough to be bug is funny in a very unique way. But I would say that particular group of people, that's probably the funniest sort of entertainment on Walt Disney World property, period. They're so funny. They're all improv artists. So that's all coming off the top of their head. Um, and they're just, they do a really, really good job. And it breathes a lot of life into that part of the park. And I, I want, I, I, I think about it every day where I'm like, man, I want to go to Hollywood Studios one day and just watch them the entire time. But I don't want to be like one of those, like, uh, like those creepy, like, stands that, like, like follow the, the performers and, like, watch them the entire time. But I totally would. I totally would because they're so funny. And they, they don't get enough credit, I think. There's a lot more of them before, but then they cut some of them. I remember there was, like, the three construction worker guys and some other people. But they're so much fun. They're hilarious. I agree. And it's amazing how I've seen them do so many different sets and I maybe one time I've seen a repeat but that's amazing to me they're good they're funny uh my third pick sort of goes off that improv type feel it's the uh, narrators in the frozen sing-along oh yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen I've seen that stupid sing-along like 10 times because you're always gonna get a slightly different show and I swear, I saw it a few weeks ago, and the, the narrators were off the rails bonkers. Like, they were feeding each, other's, feeding each other lines. It would get quiet for like 10 seconds, and they would be whispering to each other, and I, I couldn't even hear what they were saying. And so sometimes it was a little distracting, but every once in a while they would just say something that would catch me so off guard because I had not heard them say that line before. And at least two or three times, every time I see it, one of the narrators catches me off guard and makes me laugh out loud. And that's why I still go to that show because they switch it up. I wish I would. I could say that I've seen that show a lot, but I, I don't. I me, I go by myself a lot of the time, so sometimes I feel like maybe I don't really have much business being at the Frozen Sing Along show. I can't really uh, explain it to the family sitting next to me, being like, "Oh, I'm here to see the the narrators." You don't have to explain anything to any family. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know, but um, that is that is a really funny show, and I think. Uh, Thank goodness they're funny. You know what I mean? Because oh, if yeah. it was a sing-along, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yes, you're so right. My last uh, my last laughter, um, and Derek's going to disagree with me on this, but I always laughed every time I was here, and that's at Whispering Canyon. I I always had a good time, mostly because I was, I was laughing at the chaos. And it's not an ironic laugh, but it's just like, you find yourself chuckling like, is this real life? Like how crazy this is. Mm-hmm. And um, always a good time at Whispering Canyon. I, I haven't been there in a while. It may have been calmed down since the last time I was there. You know, that was a big rumor or whatever. Um, but like just, just random stuff they would do. I'd be like, I cannot believe people willingly participate in this. Um, just this this craziness running around the restaurant. Everybody swinging your handkerchiefs in the air and... And just craziness. It's a mess. It's kind of like the it's tough to be a bug thing. 
You can just yes, kind of sit exactly back. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, you can just sit back and enjoy the chaos. Yeah, I've actually never eaten there. Oh, you should. I mean, that's up to you, but... It, I mean, I would. It's. I think, didn't they, like, uh, oh, no more ketchup or something recently? No. But they, they brought it back. They definitely still do it. My sister's family was just there a couple weeks ago, and they asked for ketchup, and so they made another table bring them all the ketchup, or all the tables bring them all the ketchup, and then when the next table asked for ketchup, they made my nephew carry, like, all 12, you know, plastic bottles of ketchup to that table. That's awesome. Madness. Chaos. Turns out we really love chaos. I guess so. (laughs) Makes us laugh. Um, But my, my third laughing moment i guess that happens at disney world is people watching disney world is the number one place you sit back and just watch people do their vacation or just i don't know eavesdrop on a conversation it's the things you hear sometimes are so so crazy and i don't have anything specific that comes to mind but i'm sure we've all heard Someone's like, okay, have you ever seen, okay, did you guys ever, like, see, like, those vines? Like, wow, sound really old. Those vines, <laughs> no vine. You guys know vines. Yeah. Actually, funny that you scary? bring this up, because Derek is not as familiar with vines as what I thought he would be, as okay, I discovered well, on the, my last trip. I kept, I, there was, like, two or three times I mentioned a vine, and he was like, I don't know what that is. I know what a vine is, I just didn't know the specific ones you were mentioning. Okay, let me see. Let me see how cool Vincent is if he knows these so, vines. Okay. Okay, go, go, go ahead. Finish this quote. <laughs> look, <laughs> look at all those. Dickens. Thank you. See, there you go. <laughs> what the heck? Easy, easy, classic, classic. <laughs> Every time Jeremy saw birds, he would make me film the birds and then go over to his face and he would say, "Look at all them chickens." That's a, he's trying to do a shot for shot remake of that vine. That was it. In fact, I was, the one I was really excited about, I don't look good in, so I didn't post it. But the one we did with the flamingos at Kilimanjaro Safaris. So it was really funny, but I look terrible. So we have to redo that one. Like there's one vine in particular that I think about all the time when I'm at Disney World. And it's the one where the girl's walking by in New York. And she's like, and they were roommates. And the guy's like, God, and they were roommates. That's literally how I feel all the time at Disney World because you'll get like the right person walking by you and they'll be like, I don't know where the Tower of Freaking Terror is. And you're like, we're at Epcot, lady. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like, that happens all the time. And yes. it's so fun to see that happen about every little thing. And sometimes a lot of interesting people there at the parks, but that's a topic for another day. When I was by the ice cream shop in France not that long ago, these three girls sprinted up beside me and they were looking up at the Eiffel Tower. They're like, oh, I think it's around the other way. And they sprinted back <laughs> towards Impressions to France. And I'm like, girls, girls, you ain't going to get there. Hey, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that was laughter. We move on now to our fourth emotion, sadness. Oh, boy. Now, to me, sadness is like closely tied to nostalgia, but I don't know. Maybe you guys went with like just straight up sadness. I don't know. So my sadness is genuine sadness um, because my first sadness, I feel like this is a little forced sadness, but Disney does a good job of it. And that is when you're watching the pre-show for Kilimanjaro Safaris and they talk about the poaching. 
that message is kind of lost now in the attraction, but it does really bring a genuine sadness to me. The fact that these um, beautiful, majestic creatures are being hunted, and not just hunted, you know, they're, they're being murdered for parts, in a sense. And, like, you know, they're being brought down and hunted to the edge of extinction for for silly reasons, you know, like ivory trade and stuff that is not necessary at all. Um, not that I think anytime you bring a, uh, a, a an animal to the brink of a brink of extinction, is it necessary or justified? But especially, you know, all these rhinos in particular, they're, they're just killed for their horn and then the rest of it is just left there and it's terrible, absolutely terrible. So the fact that they're highlighting that I think is very important and powerful, especially to the overall message of Animal Kingdom. But it definitely brings a little damper onto the fact that you're enjoying a Disney attraction. And I think that's a good thing. It's definitely very, the images that they use, I, and I, pre, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the one where you're going down the ramp to get like onto the trucks. They, the, the images that they use, they have like these parts in that clip where the guy, like the, the warden is talking and they show like animals, they show dead animals on that video. And it's it's very like it's very striking. It's like very real. It's a very real uh, topic of discussion. Something that's going on like in the real world, and it kind of like brings you. It's very sobering, I guess is a good word for it. I think it's all. I, I honestly think it's a little bit more sad that it doesn't really exist in the ride because it it goes that it happens in that video, and then in the ride it's kind of like not really talked about, and it's very lightly touched, and it makes the video seem out of place when that's kind of like what the whole original purpose of this ride was to sort of increase awareness about poaching and the the horrors of it i suppose right for the people who actually take time to watch the video which is few and far between they see that and then you ride the attraction and it's like oh these animals are fine look yeah yeah and someone's driving they're like oh no no, no poaching's bad and don't do it you know very like like one sentence you know oh it's bad don't do it what about you vincent what what's what stirs up sadness in you Oh, it stirs up sad with sadness with me. Um, going with nostalgia. This is like, gosh, I was I was dreading this particular uh, category, but I think sometimes with a place like Disney World uh, and nostalgia and you know things like that, I think sometimes the fact that it doesn't really change or or a lot of things don't really change at Disney World. Uh, I think you can find yourself looking back at moments in your life that happened at Disney World and, like, remembering that, like an ex-partner or something like that. Like, you know, I, I, if I had a dollar for every time I was at Disney World on a random day and I was just walking around and I was walking in Frontierland and I saw a bench and I went... That's the bench I sat, and I told them that I really liked them. There are, and it's or like you know, or with like, oh, that's where I sat down and had ice cream with Grandpa, and you know, maybe Grandpa's not here anymore or anything like that. The way things are set up there, and there are like little spots that you can kind of like look back. It's a portal to the past, you know what I mean? And yeah, I guess that can be a little sad and nostalgic. Yeah, I mean, even when I went with a, a friend of Jeremy and, and mine um, a few years ago, we were with her mom. And her mom was talking about remembering riding these attractions literally before we were born, you know. And they're still there. Yeah. They're still around. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. 
Yeah. Um, my first pick was obvious to me because it was the last time I actually physically cried in Walt Disney World, and it is in Finding Nemo the Musical. <laughs> oh, that is a really sad one. That is oh, very true. Rips my heart out when they're when they're doing the We Swim Together, and he sings, "That's my son." And then, or no, he says, that's my dad. And then Marlon says, that's my son. And it's so touching and so heartwarming. So I guess, I don't know if sadness is the right word, but it definitely made me tear up because of that family relationship. And I think it really earns that moment in that musical. That part of that, the Finding Nemo musical, the part that gets me sad is I always, my heart clenches when he's like, and even in the movie too, when Nemo turns around and is like, I hate you. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I think about like if I was if I'm ever gonna be a father and like what would I do if my my kid told me that? And like I think about like when I maybe said that to like my parents and like I'm like, gosh, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it at all. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. So that that's part to I me, mean, that part of the music gets me sad. My sadness, my second one is um the two brothers scene during the American oh, Adventure. That's a good one. And the reason why, and this kind of hit me. I'm a I'm a history nerd in general, and and I really like history. But it, it hit me particularly the last time I saw it. Um, I think it's just because the reality of the fact of like this is there. There probably were families that were divided over such issues. And even when they weren't divided, still as a as a country, the fact that we as a single country, and we're so proud to be Americans in this day and age, even when we have political divides and those kind of things. But in the day, uh, back in the day, you know, our own our own countrymen were fighting against us, and people lost their lives over it. Um, and, and 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 take it out of the Civil War, even all wars. You know the fact that, that sons and daughters didn't come home to their moms and dads. That's a pretty heavy thing. Again, for a for a Disney attraction, and I appreciate the fact that uh, Disney addresses that through the sort of rose-colored glasses that they like us to see things through. But still, uh, a very decent, heavy subject, and they treated it um, pretty pretty respectfully. Isn't rose-colored glasses a quote from that show? Yeah, actually, it is. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a it's a known. <laughs> no, I know, phrase, I know. But... Yeah, yeah. Cannonball, don't pay no mind. And and then it always disturbed me. I'm sure it's an actor laying on the ground, but you know the fact that they show like a dead person in that show just briefly. I'm always like, whoa, you know, that's uh, that's a little disturbing. All on a beautiful morning. <laughs> That is a really sad one. You're singing or the show? No, my singing is very... Uh, hey Tip those waiters and hey, waiters, I'm folks. I'm leaving. Leave, I'm leaving. This is, <laughs> this is real. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not leaving. So something that makes me sad at Walt Disney World, and I think it makes a lot of people sad, is the Kiss Goodnight. Mm. Oh, the yeah. Kiss Goodnight, I think, for a lot of people, really does signal the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think about people who are at Disney World on their last day, and, you know, it, the fun can go on and on at Disney World, but when the Kiss Goodnight happens, you know that's the end. That's them closing the curtains and going, hey, thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you so much for coming. We hope you had an amazing time. And you're like, oh man, this is this is it. And this like goes like, doesn't it? It happens like, if I'm correct, like 30 minutes after park closed. So it's like the actual last thing that a lot of guests will see if you're even still in the park past park close. If you're that person who's like clinging on to the last moments of your Disney trip, that's the last thing you're going to see is the kiss goodnight. Thank you for coming. Goodbye. You know, and I think it, I think it's very sad. It is a very emotional moment. They have the nice little playoff and I it's 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 bittersweet. I think it's a really good example of something being bittersweet. And I think. And at that point, Vincent has he has already lifted to his car, gotten home, oh, yeah, had a yeah, yeah, snack, yeah. showered, and been asleep for forty-five minutes. Yeah, I've been like, goodbye. I'll see you next week. <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally get that. Like everything about Main Street is already magical enough, and now you're realizing, like, I'm about to leave all this. I'm steps away from the exit. Yeah, it is time. Uh, so for me, I don't know what it is about those dumb lanterns entangled that brings up all these emotions in me i think it's because that i that the scene from the movie always really impacted me like i remember the first time i saw it being so impacted by the fact that she had been separated from her parents and now this was the closest she's ever been to them and the song is a great song like it swells in all the right places and as soon and in happily ever after as soon as those dumb lanterns start lifting on the castle the projections and the music starts playing, it's just like chills down my arm. And just like, I don't know if sadness is the right word, but it is like, I feel the urge to tear up a little bit when that song plays in that show specifically. You just feel things. I feel, feel, I feel, things. I feel all the things. Yeah, you remember when you were a little girl trapped in a tower. I know, I know. And being on that boat and <laughs> it all comes back. <laughs> Uh, mine is kind of the same thing as that. It's not really sadness, but it's the nostalgia sadness that you mentioned before. And that is um, anytime that I see the film in One Man's Dream, Walt Disney Presents, whatever you want to call it, um, not the preview movies, uh, but the actual <laughs> film. <laughs> that Nutcracker in the Four Realms preview pulled <laughs> me up. Well, that made me sad, but for different reasons. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> no, but the you know the little twenty minutes about the life of Walt Disney and just who Walt was and what he means to all of us, and then of course it's narrated by Julie Andrews, who just makes me feel things in so many ways that I never thought I'd feel, and uh, you know especially there at the end, you know when it's kind of the what's that quote she says? Um, I have it written down because this was my third pick as well. Oh, when okay. She well, says, uh, Walt once, in her lovely British accent, Walt once said, I hope we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. But we all know it was really all started by a man. A man and a dream. And a mouse. Yes. Mm. I, I get a little goosebumps there just thinking about it. And then, and then the, when you wish upon us all. And it's showing old footage of like Disneyland fireworks and ugh. Very nice. So my my third sadness is a little it was a joke one. It's not that sad. I, actually, I do get, I do get kind of sad. Um, so this is a weird one, but bear with me here. Uh, riding Tower of Terror. So I get sad riding Tower of Terror because I uh, hate to be that guy, but I went to a little place called Disneyland 
and I rode Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, and it rocked my freaking world. I think it's so much fun. It's so intense and so wild. And it's just, I rode that like, gosh, 15 times when I went. And now when I go ride Tower of Terror, I get sad that it's not Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Get the f*** out of here. What? <laughs> it's, no, I'm true. I'm, I'm 100% serious. Like, I, like I, I remember specifically, like, going, coming back to Orlando and, like, doing... The tower chair and being like, magic's gone. Like, you're out of your mind. I'm not. The magic was gone. The magic was gone, and it was now in Chris Pratt's hands. And it was, it was no. I just, you know, I now I'm like, tower chair doesn't do it for me anymore. I'm writing Mission Breakout for the first time next week, but Tower of Terror is my favorite attraction in Walt Disney World. Your opinion is going to change. A hundred percent. You are going to ride Mission Breakout and be like, dang, that was great. But can't I still love Tower of Terror and think Mission Breakout's great? Look, I will always love and respect Tower of Terror. But if you opened up two Doctor Strange portals to the Tower of Terror and Guardians of the Galaxy right now, I'd take Guardians of the Galaxy any day. Well, now I'm sad. I know. This is my this is my fourth sadness. This is my fourth <laughs> disgust. <laughs> have you done? Have you been on Guardians of the Galaxy? I have not, but but I I don't think it's it's fair. I don't think it's fair to say that one is nullified by the other either way. Agree to disagree. We'll leave it we'll, at that. We'll, we'll we'll um we'll we'll have you back and we'll have yes. a, we'll have a deep discussion I on this. Fully expect. We do have a segment called debates. We can have you back for that. Oh, That's yeah. true. We'll debate Game it. Game on. Game on. I'll tell it's our happening. producer, producer Steve <laughs> is listening right now. He's Steve. Have him back. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. You won't regret it. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's move to something far happier. Our final emotion of the night will be joy, joyfulness. Jeremy, kick us off. Well, the most joyful I ever feel at a Walt Disney World Park is um, the very end of Fantasmic when Mickey is at the top of the mountain and then at the climax of the music, uh, well, the key change, it's just the start of the joy. And he's up there and then poof, he's at the bottom and uh, that's just how the show ends. And I tell you, wait, you wait, say wait. what you want. He says, he says. Some imagination, huh? There you go. And uh, thank you. But uh, he, say what you want about comparing Fantasmics. And and people rip on Hollywood Studios Fantasmic comparatively to Disneyland. And, and there may be some nuggets of truth in there. But tell me, you don't get the feels when Mickey appears at the bottom of the of the mountain. I mean, come on, that's just pure Disney goodness right there. And that key change there, you know, bum 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 bum. You know, oh man, so good. Yeah, and the crowd's super into it every time I see it. Oh, come on now, come on. I think I think that particular scene is works so much better at Hollywood Studios versus the Disneyland one because. The the mountain at Hollywood Studios is giant, so I'm I'm that part part of that. So more specifically for me is 
when he shows up for the first time. Because everyone goes, oh, and looks up. And all of a sudden, pew, the spotlights are in the air and he's shooting off all the fireworks. And I think I think it, with Fantasmic's stage in Hollywood Studios that was built for that show, I think it works so much better than Disneyland's where they kind you of sure, have You it sure there. you don't want to replace Mickey with Chris Pratt? You sure? You know, I think uh, I think it's time we get Rocket Raccoon in there. As, uh, as some the imagination, huh? show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some imagination. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> like, yeah, I've been on Guardians of the Galaxy a lot. It's one of the best rides in the world, really. Um, <laughs> we'll save that for another show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, my, my first pick is so stupid, but they really do give me joy. It's all the live performers in Animal Kingdom, or at least on Discovery Island and Africa. I think all the live bands that play there, like sometimes you've got the electric harp, or you've got the piano and the guitars and the dancers, and it's that African music. It is so, so joyful to me, and I cannot help but stop and watch. I cannot help but smile when I see them. It is infectious. They're so talented. So much joy. Agree. They are very, very exciting. I would agree. I love the live music. I wish the parks had more live music. I feel like there's not enough live music in these parks. Interesting. I feel like Animal Kingdom does a good job in those two lands, at least. Something that sparks joy for me uh, at the parks is very, very similar um, to the Fantasmic moment. Is Happily Ever After is Tinkerbell. Oh my gosh. People lose their freaking minds when that happens. <laughs> and I think the way they have it in Happily Ever After versus right at the top of the show for Wishes, I think it works so much better in Happily Ever After. The music kicks in and they're like, and she's flying and this is like, the castle is restored and it's like they're shooting off fireworks and she's flying and everyone's losing their mind and like, that is a really wild moment i think in the show and it's like oh it's well and you you know what the rule is every time you see tinkerbell no matter if it's during the during happily ever after or if it's at phantasm not phantasmic uh fill her magic or wherever it is anytime you see tinkerbell you are obligated to say tinkerbell (laughs) (laughs) oh tinkerbell yeah everyone (laughs) said yeah (laughs) that's Yes, this was, this was my final answer as well, because uh, it said, oh my gosh, this moment is like goosebump inducing because they say, we all have the courage to fly, and then the key change, and they say, you can fly, and I think there's another key change, and they say, you can fly, and boom, and then the music cuts out, and then it comes in with the huge chorus of all the voices, and it is so many chills. That whole part of that show that feels like that's what it feels like. I feel like I've been like, I'm going to heaven. Like I'm being <laughs> lifted into the air, going to like that's I'm yeah, like, yeah. this is what it must feel like. Uh but yeah, yeah, man, happily ever after is fantastic. So good. Really great show. I agree. I agree. I I I never regret taking the time to find a good spot and watch it. Hey, you know what else sparks joy in me? That is Festival of the Lion King, um, particularly the finale. You know, it's just kind of like the culmination of everything you just saw. And um, no one is sad in Festival of the Lion King. Every person in that theater is having a good time, whether you participate or not. And just something about that whole show brings such energy to the crowd. 
that you can't help but just leave happy. And then if you have the little extra touches where it's like, like you know, like when the children are are happy as they're marching and having a good time. And I think I shared this story on the show previously from a couple of years ago that there was the the special needs gentleman that was sitting right in front of me that got to march and just the ecstasy in his face when he got back to his seat how excited he was that he got to participate i mean that was just so exciting so what a great show that does have such a great finale where it goes into double time and they're like in the circle of life in the circle in the circle everybody's like like shaking all their feathers and their beads and Yes, I always shake my tail feathers when I'm there. That's right. Good one. That's a good one. Uh, I'll let Vincent end us. So I'm going to give my third. It's a little unfair because it's at Christmas time and Christmas already sort of has a built-in joy factor to it. But Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade is, the, in my opinion, the most joyful thing Walt Disney World does when I'm standing there on Main Street and the snow is falling and it is playing that stupid song that I love so much and all the characters are waving and there's the gingerbread smell and then the skaters come down and then the brass band comes down and then there's Clarabelle Cow. From start to finish, I just smile from ear to ear during that Christmas parade. Yes, Clarabelle Cow brings joy in my life every time she's on the screen. She's a rock star. (laughs) <laughs> she's something I don't, Rockstar is not the word I would use but yes um, yeah no that is that is great and there is something about being on Main Street at Christmas time watching that parade that is just peak peak joy Yeah, because yes. you're like how could it get any better than this yes I agree there is a way it can get better <laughs> here, here we go one. There is, and it's how I spark joy. Um, I'm going to combine it. There's two. I had I actually had two that I want to kind of put together. There's two very specific moments in two different rides at Disney World that completely take me over, and I'm always, always so happy. Um, the first one is in Flight of Passage. Um, there is a park, and I'm, I, as soon as I describe it, I'm like, you gotta, you guys gotta know what I'm talking about. There's a park immediately after the ride stops and you're in the caves. You go, you, you lift up, and your banshee picks up, it dives down, and it pulls up, and all of a sudden, you're out in the sky, and it's sunset, and the music swells, and the music kicks in, and you're diving, and you're flying through the air, and that's, I think, in that whole ride, that's the moment that feels the most real. That's the moment that feels like, oh my God, I really am flying. And um, and um, people like to use the word, like the ride makes you feel like you're free. That's that part of the ride that makes people feel free. Where they're flying into the sunset. And it's like, it's so smart how they do it, where you go in this cave and it's all very dark. And it's like, it kind of messes with your vision. And then when you go and it's all bright, all of a sudden it's like, it takes up your whole vision. It's like all your peripherals and you just... All you see is this fake avatar sunset and you're flying through the, and it's just, it's so convincing. It's so real. And I think that's a, that's the big moment for a lot of people. When people think of that avatar, ride, I think that's what they think of. And that's what they'll remember. Like, you know, when they, it's like very, like the phrase, it's like, Oh, it's not what someone said. It's the way it made them feel um, the way it made you feel like 
that's that 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 moment is what makes people feel good on that ride. You know, it's um, funny you mentioned that because uh, we rode Flight of Passage on Derek's last trip here just a couple weeks ago. Oh my gosh! Don't tell me you didn't you didn't like it. No, no, no! I love it, of course. But I, the more I realized, I really enjoy the part where we go into the cave, and you have that little like, like intermission, spiritual mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, it, it's almost like it. a, a little, little reflection time on just, you know, what, what, how we got there. You know, it's just, it's, it's my Oprah moment, as I like to think of it. My last one is another ride. There's a very specific moment. This is very specific to me. Um, the Star Tours, I'm a really, really big Star Wars fan, and I have been waiting forever for Galaxy's Edge, okay? This has literally been the moment I've been waiting for, and as we get closer and closer, I'm so, so excited. But they did an update for the ride for The Last Jedi when that movie came out last year, or two years ago, or gosh, I don't even remember, um, but... They added when you go through the planet crate, they have it so that you hyperspeed and you land on Batu. Mm-hmm. You land on the planet of Galaxy's Edge, and then C3PO, very, very obviously, very aware of what's going on, you know, very Disney marketing goes, Looks like our adventure is about to begin. And I, I, every time that happens, every time I get that scene, I'm like, Yes, yes, it's gonna happen. I'm going, I'm going there. I'm going to Batu. I'm gonna go soon, soon. And it's just, oh, it gets me so excited. I'm very excited to go to Galaxy's Edge. Have you ridden it lately? They added that dialogue where he says, looks like our adventure's about to begin on August 29th, 2019. Wow, that's so (laughs) cool. Disney, you guys think of everything. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. They couldn't get the voice actor, though, so they had to dub in, like, August 29th. (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Are you excited, Vincent? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That's a good one. That's See, that's personal to you. I love that. Very personal, yeah. yeah. It's coming soon. Man, it's coming so much sooner than I expected. I'm going to I'm going to Disneyland. I, I have everything set up. The only thing I need is the reservation. Today, on uh, the day that we're recording this, they announced that on May 2nd is when they're going to allow guests who are not staying on site at the Disney hotels in Disneyland to get reservations. So on that day, I am uh, making a day out of it to crash the servers yeah. so that I can get my reservation. <laughs> oh, good luck. Yeah, you'll have to let us know how it works out for you. I don't know. I think this whole this whole Star Wars thing's a passing fad. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Wouldn't put any stock in it. All right. Well, those are the emotions we experience at Walt Disney World. Um, right now, I just feel tired. Hey, I um, felt all five of those on this podcast. I, so we I'm sure good. did. We <laughs> went through the ringer. We've been here a while, but I enjoyed it. Vincent, thanks so much for joining us. Do you want to remind our uh, listeners where they can find you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun. This is great. Good. I had, uh, I had a lot of fun. Um, and if you guys enjoyed listening to me, uh, maybe you'll enjoy watching me on my YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Vincent Vision. Please check it out. Check out some of those videos. Um, subscribe. Uh, I have not made a video in a little bit. I've, I've taken a little bit of a break because I have been waiting for May 31st, Galaxy's Edge. That is when I will return. And that is when Vincent Vision will return with a brand new video. But until then, I've got a whole bunch of other videos that I put on there. Check them out. Yeah, definitely do. Definitely do. And of course, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mad Chatter. Send those emails to comments at madchatters.net. And we'll see you back here in a couple weeks. Take a little time to find the magic in every day.
But another thing is that uh, pretty sad for me. Uh, well, I think it's of people. Hold on, it's just a second. The... Hold on, you're breaking up a little bit. Do you mind just starting that again? Sure. Give me actually. Hold on, while we're here, give me a second. I have. I'm using, and I think they're running out of battery. Oh uh, yeah, we've been here a while. Sorry. It's okay. Um, how do you hear me now? Am I okay? Yeah. Okay, I'm good. Okay, I'm gonna go. Ahead I can now. hear you. Good. That's oh, George Bush. Okay. Remember from Pres- Hall of Presidents? Oh my! Oh, yeah, that's also in uh, in what is it? Golden Dreams, right? America. Yeah, yeah. He does that. It's very. That's a great show. I can hear you. The rest of the world can hear you. Everybody cheers. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I was like, his AirPods are dying. Come on. <laughs> sorry. <go ahead. laughs> 